Good morning, church. Let's pray as we come to God's word this morning. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the encouragement that we get from your word. And we pray today as we look at Genesis 17, that we would find much encouragement there for us on our walk with you, as we know and find out today that you are God Almighty, El Shaddai, all-sufficient one. And thank you that you're all-sufficient for this walk that we walk today. And we know that, Lord, that you never leave us or forsake us. Amen. So today in Genesis 17, we're going to find out that God is El Shaddai, God Almighty, the all-sufficient one. And at this point, we realise too that Abraham's 99. So almost 25 years has passed since Abram left Haran on this journey with God. 25 years would pass until the promise of that heir, his own son through Sarah, would be in his arms. That's a long time, isn't it? We also realise in this passage that it was 13 years that had passed since they had had Ishmael. Ishmael was the result of bad decision-making, flawed decision-making, a decision that him and Sarah took to have this wee boy Ishmael through a servant girl that only led to problems and is still causing problems in our world today. But as we looked last week, we see that even God can take our disadvantages and turn them into advantages. But what we know is this, that it was 13 years since Abram had an encounter with God. 13 years from when the Lord last spoke to him. That must have been a real test of his faith. You know, there are times where we maybe don't feel God as close as we would like, but at least we have the scripture. We can go to God's word and read God's word and hear from God and remind ourselves of his promises. But Abram didn't have that. That must have been some test upon his faith. Walking with God, friends, requires disciples, even like us today, to have Abraham's faith to believe and patience to endure with God through all things. And it's as well that God introduces himself that day to Abraham as El Shaddai, God Almighty the all-sufficient one. Donald Barnhouse um, took the approach from Donald Barnhouse, who was an American Presbyterian minister, a theologian, and he took the approach that this word shad meant the chest or the breast. In other words, it was the strong male chest where you find strength. Or it could have been the female breast where you find comfort and nourishment. But I like to think of both things. We find strength in God and we find nourishment and comfort in God's tender care as well. And in this study that we have been doing, as we've looked at Abraham's life and not knowing but trusting, I pray that you will find comfort and encouragement through God's word as we follow him, as we take our next step into what God has for us, knowing that we can entrust ourselves to him because he's almighty and that he is all sufficient, that we can rely on his strength and we can rely upon his tender care. 
That word Almighty God, when it's translated from Hebrew into the Greek, basically means this. The one who has his hand on everything. Believer, aren't you encouraged today to know that your God has his hand upon you and your circumstance, that he's got strength, he's got tender care and that he is almighty in the midst of you. Shadow also means to shed, to pour out and be open in your heart to all that God wants to pour out to you today, no matter what your challenge Maybe God knows exactly where to place his hand to help you in the circumstance wherever you are in your walk with God today. And maybe you don't even feel that you're hearing really from God today. But start to put your trust again in what he says and who he is. He is El Shaddai, all sufficient. He will be sufficient to sustain you in this season of your life, no matter where you are. I think the Lord really brings this to the front to introduce himself this way to Abram because he wants Abram to step into all that he has for him and all that he wants him to be. He wants him to step into the covenant to everything that he has for him forever and much much more. And you know the Apostle Paul urges us in Ephesians 4 and 1 to walk in a worthy manner of the calling you have received. And we see as Abraham, our Abram is, our God introduces himself to Abram as God Almighty. He then says to Abram, I want you to walk before me faithfully and blamelessly. Another word, steadfastly, steady and trustworthy. And when he means blameless, he's not talking about sinless perfection. What he's talking about is that no one could bring an accusation against Abram. Abram was to walk in such a way that he was entrusting God each step of the way and would honour God in every area of his life. And church for us, we are blameless in the Lord Jesus Christ because we abide in that relationship that God has called us to be in. It just wasn't a one time off believing, but we constantly walk in him or should walk in him, believing every single day of his love and his presence with us. We are called to abide in him. Remember what First John, or sorry, John 15 and 4 says, it says this, remain in me. Abide in me as I remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. It's abiding. God abiding in us and us abiding in God on an, God in an ongoing relationship of trust, walking daily with him. And you know, it's easier to walk faithfully and blamelessly when you know you've got God Almighty at your back, at your side, before you, behind you, above you and underneath you, the all-sufficient one walking with you in your walk, especially in these days. You know, church, I often say to you that we're living to the last days, the second coming of Christ. We're living closer to that time than anybody else in history. And during the week in my own personal devotions, I was reading Matthew 24 again. And I want you to read these verses to you today. Verse 10 to 13 says this. 
at that time, many will turn away from their faith and will betray and hate each other. Many false prophets will appear and deceive many people because of the increase of wickedness. The love of most will grow cold, but the one who stands firm to the end will be saved. Those who are steadfast to the end will be saved. You know, a sign of falling away from the faith is that coldness in our love, love for one another, our love for God. And I think we're living in increasingly wicked days, a days when we are nearly presumed that we should conform to everything this world dictates to us, to popular culture. Today, to disagree with someone's stance automatically gets the claim that you are a hater of them because you don't agree with their point of view, which is absolute rubbish. And there's more and more pressure put on us to conform to the world rather to stay being transformed and conform to what God's word says about us as we walk in this world. And this pressure, I believe, which to me is worse than any other generation, I believe that that pressure will cause many to lose heart and to walk away from the Lord Jesus. But if we remember that he is almighty El Shaddai, more mighty than any powerful influence of this world or any communicator of this world or lead figure in this world, that our leader, the one that we follow, is El Shaddai, God sufficient, God almighty, that when we put our trust in him and we keep our eyes in him, we will be able to follow him wholeheartedly and fully. Church, let me say it again this morning. We have God Almighty, the all-sufficient one, as our leader, the one that we follow in these terrible days. You can understand in um, verse 3 why Abram now would fall before God. Because God has introduced himself to him as El Shaddai, God Almighty, our God, who is almighty in us and for us. And here then we see that El Shaddai, he expands the covenant, the promise with Abram. In Genesis 12, it was all about a descendant, an heir, but now we're saying that even kings would come from Abraham. We see that it was a promise of a descendants, but now we see that God is revealing that it's going to be not just for Abraham, but it's going to be an everlasting covenant. And the promise of a land would be an eternal possession for these people. And I love before the Lord steps up the promise and this covenant to be so much more than what Abram was first told. He then changes Abram's name from Abram to Abraham. Abram means exalted father. Could you imagine what it was like for Abraham living with that name for all of those years? People saying, what's your name? Oh, I'm Abram. Oh, that means exalted father. How many children have you? Oh, um, none. Nada. And now the Lord changes his name from Abraham, exalted father, to Abraham, which would mean Father of the multitude, Father of the nations. God is increasing it. 
Sarah, Sarai, her name changes to Sarah. Now, some believe that Sarai meant content as one. And you could sort of understand that because of her relationship with Hagar. But now she becomes Sarah, which means princess. And what a fitting name for the mother of the nations who kings would come from her very being. I believe the Lord changes these guys' name to help them change their mindset and their belief and what was going to happen to them and what exactly God would do, the Almighty God would do in their bodies when their bodies at this time had gone past childbearing age. God changed many people's names in Scripture and I love the fact that Simon, which meant Reed, was changed to Peter, that meant Rock, from somebody who could be blown about as we see on that day when he let the Lord down and he denied the Lord that when pressure of people was put on him, he crumbled and he wavered. And yet on the day of Pentecost, we see when the Spirit of God fills this man, how he then becomes this rock of a man, mighty anointed man, who basically preaches to people who, when he, they're angry with them and mocking them, saying that they were just drunk, he comes through with a word from God. And 3,000 people on that day come to faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. He becomes strong man of God, believing what God said he would be. God often changes names for us to believe what we will become in him. Maybe today you find it hard to believe that you will change to be that man or the woman of God God wants you to be. Maybe today you struggle to step into all that God wants you to do or that God has promised to you or for you. You may struggle. But I want to remind you that God has changed your name to son, to daughter, to chosen to be a priesthood, a holy priesthood, sanctified, justified. We have been given a name, many name changes, to believe so that we can believe all that God has for us and wants for us is in him who is our God Almighty. He wants to remind us that when we walk faithfully, keep moving in him, that we keep pressing him into him that God is able to do great things within us and through us. God is able to bring change in you. Paul writes through to us through the church in Philippi saying this, being confident of this, that he who began a good work in you will carry it on to completion until that day of Christ Jesus. Philippians 1 and 6. Have faith, my friend. Believe, my friend. Be confident, my friend, that God wants you to become that man, that woman of God that he wants you to be and to walk in that way he has called you to walk, to possess all that he has for you. Not only does Abraham and Sarah have that name change, but they're also given a sign of this promise of the covenant. And that sign was that of circumcision. A sign that they believed that God Almighty would keep his promise. And yet throughout the ages, it was really, really sad to see that the Jewish people often put more trust in the sign than the God of the covenant himself. But you know, even today, there are people who will put a trust in the sign and not do what we've already discussed, that carrying on, 
that continuously abiding, that onward walking with God. They put their trust in an act rather than that continuous walk with the Lord Jesus. For instance, baptism. Many will put their trust in the act of baptism, which is a, an outward sign of what should be an inward reality. Some people, because they were baptised as a child or even as an adult, will say, well, I'm a follower of God because I have been baptised. But it's an ongoing relationship, an ongoing walk, an ongoing trust each day with God. That's an outward sign of an inward reality. And we have to abide in him and walk with him, expressing our faith and love as we're encouraged to do in Galatians 5 and 6. You know, Romans 4 tells us even about Abraham that his faith was accredited to him as righteousness. And that happened to Abraham before even he was circumcised as a sign to say that he believed in the promise of God. We also say that there is a significant change, not just for Abram, Abraham and his name, but also in his character here. Have you noticed in verse 23 and 27 that Abraham immediately goes and gets circumcised at 99, takes his son Ishmael at 13 and all of his household and immediately they go and they are circumcised. Where before, you know, sometimes when he was Abraham, he did things in his own time. But now we see there's a change in his character where he obeys God immediately and follows God immediately. Even though there was pain in the process of the promise, Abraham goes and believes in Almighty God. And you know, sometimes for us, church, there's also pain or sacrifice involved in the process of the promises of God over our lives. But we have to remember that we have an almighty God who is in us and lives through us and one who is all around about us. God almighty, all sufficient to walk with us in every circumstance and every situation of our lives and he will get us through no matter what. There's just one more thing about this chapter that I want to draw your attention to. And it actually includes the next chapter as well. In chapter 18 verses 1 to 15. We see at the end of chapter 17. In this promise that he would bear a son with Sarah. That Abraham laughs. Now some people who write about this will say that his laugh was a joyful laugh. A laugh that expressed thanksgiving to God and excitement with God because of this promise that was being made to him at his old age. And yet there are other writers that will say that his laughter was that of the scorn, mocking laughter that we see that Sarah does in chapter 18. Not laugh, <laughs> can we ever bear children at this age? We're past childbearing age. How on earth will we ever bear children? You know, I nearly called this message this morning, God Almighty, El Shaddai gets laugh, last laugh. Because God tells them to name their son Isaac, and Isaac means laughter. 
Isaac means he will laugh. God knew what he was doing and he knew even against their disbelief or hard to get their head around it belief that he was going to come up for them and he was going to do all that he said for them. And in chapter 18, as we read about when the three visitors come to say that Sarah would bear a child that time a year later, you know, we see that they say that nothing is too difficult for God. We also read that in chapter 21, verse 6, that Sarah said, God has brought me laughter and all who hear about this will laugh with me. When she held Isaac in her arms, there was laughter of joy and all her friends would laugh with her. Can I remind you today in your walk with God? Yes, was we step into things with God, not knowing but trusting? It can be difficult, it can be hard in our walk with God and there's many challenges in our faith. And sometimes, and whatever we face with God in certain circumstances, we feel friends that will never laugh again. The joy will never come again. But I wanna tell you, you will laugh again with God. He will bring you back joy. He will cause you to laugh again as you look back to see that El Shaddai, Almighty God, the all-sufficient one got you through and that he is faithful. He who promises is faithful. So church today, as you continue to walk, to abide and walk with God, just you remember that you're walking with El Shaddai, the all-sufficient one. He will see you through. He will get you to be, to be that person he wants you to be, to look like Jesus, and he will bring you to eternity with himself through the power of his resurrection.